All right. So this is the Straight to the Dome podcast, and tonight we have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Chad Carswell. Uh, of course, I got my co-host with me, uh, Uriah. Hey uh, Chad, how you doing tonight, man? Blessed, my friend. Blessed. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I, I seen, uh, I've seen a lot of articles with your face on it. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get behind that. So what's going on, man? Who are you? And let's, let's hear why you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, my name's Chad Carswell. I'm from a um, small town in North Carolina, Hickory, North Carolina. Uh, I was born in San Diego, California, Camp Pendleton Marine Base. My dad was a Marine, but um, I lived there till I was three. And then I was back in Burke County and grew up in North Carolina my whole life and um, enlisted in the Air Force right before 9-11 happened and um, served in Operation Enduring Freedom, two tours over uh, over there right after 9-11 occurred and got out of the military and got in the car business and put on a bunch of weight, got up over 400 pounds and um, gave myself type 2 diabetes. Um, <clears throat> had a lot of issues and stuff with my legs and um, got a diabetic foot ulcer on my right leg and had over 50 surgeries on it. I was septic over 50 times, about died multiple times. And that's um, a lot. Wow. Holy. Yeah. God. And uh, so then um, had uh, some issues with that. In between all that, I've had six heart attacks, um, had quadruple open heart bypass surgery. And then after so I had the last that. surgery on my right leg, I finally got tired of dealing with it. So I told him to cut it off. And then a year later, um, I, had, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, thought I was having another heart attack. Got rushed to the hospital. I was actually in full renal kidney failure, and my blood pressure was jacked up <clears throat> out of crazy. And um, I was in emergency surgery for six hours. And they told my family I wasn't going to live. Caught everybody in, and uh, got out of surgery at midnight. Survived, obviously. The doctor came in the next morning and said, "Hey, we saved your life, saved your leg." And I looked down at my leg after she cut the cast off, and I said, "Well, you did one. Thanks for saving my life, but you didn't save my leg." I said, "Cut it off too," <clears throat> and. Um, it was cut up. It looked like it had been shoved into a meat grinder. And I had, uh, when I put on one prosthetic the first time the year before that, I was back in the gym in a month and, you know, I was playing golf again in a month and doing all kinds of nice. crazy stuff. So I wasn't worried about cutting the second one off. And, um, so I cut it off two days later and, uh, Man. then it took me a while to figure out how to do two. It was a lot harder with two than it was with one, but Eventually, yeah. about four months later, I was back in the gym, deadlifting over 400 pounds again, playing golf, doing all kinds nice. of crazy stuff. And uh, then uh, about a year and a half ago, um, my kidneys decided that I've been in kidney failure for about four years, but I wasn't on dialysis for until about two years ago. And mm -hmm. uh, they just decided to kind of just plummet from about 40 percent to 20 percent. And um, so I got sent to the hospital had to have emergency dialysis and a catheter put in my heart. They went to check my heart to make sure I was, you know, safe enough to survive surgery and come to find out I had three arteries, hundred percent blocked. One artery was 90% blocked. Got rushed to Baptist hospital, had to have emergency open heart surgery and um, quadruple open heart bypass surgery. And uh, <clears throat> got out of that. Had to wait six months to get put on the actual list to start going through the process to get a transplant. During that, I had COVID twice, and uh, the last time was in September. It about killed me. And um, I checked myself Man. out of the hospital because I had my left lung had collapsed. I'd put 24 pounds of fluid on, remdesivir. I'm, I'm a firm believer COVID's not killing people, that remdesivir and the hospital protocols are killing people. I lived it, mm -hmm. so I mean, it's not like I'm just speaking out my ass when I say that. But yeah. um, I came home and took ivermectin, the horse paste, and uh, within two days was better, brand new man. I literally took the horse paste. The and horse uh, paste. since yeah. then, I've helped over 150 people with just taking the horse paste, beat COVID. And, um, but then I got sent to Baptist Hospital to go through the transplant process about a month ago. And uh, went through the whole process, was there for about eight hours, and um, got to the point where I was getting ready to meet the surgeon. And his PA came in and said, Hey, the last thing we need to talk about is your vaccination status? And I said, yeah, we don't need to talk about that because I'm not getting it. And um, then he started asking why. And I said, you know, you don't want to open those can of worms. I'm not some dumb redneck from Burke County. I know what I'm talking about. So right. we got into it. And um, he, you know, told me, listen, if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to die because I need a kidney. I'm down to 4% function right now. And uh, so I guess I'll die. I was born free. I'll die free. You know, it's pretty much pretty simple. And um, I left the hospital. Um, and then the, the, 
the actual surgeon who's in charge of the whole entire transplant committee called me on the phone as I was driving home, you know, and he told me that um, he agreed with my every reason why I wasn't getting the vaccine. Um, I asked him about natural antibodies. They told me it wasn't about that. It was just about the shot. And um, he told me he agreed with me, but it wasn't up to him. It was up to the, the um, panel and they wouldn't let me go through. And uh, so here we are standoff between us and the government. That's absolutely insane, man. So, so you are still at, you would say, like figuratively, you're still at that standpoint right now. It's a, hey, are you guys going to help me? Or is this one? Oh, it's not thing? figuratively. It's 100% factual. I mean, there's, factual. Okay. I'm not, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no, um, I'm not on anybody's list right now. So, I mean, you know, until mm -hmm. somebody, something gives, you know, I'm either going to die or they're going to change their policy. One of the two. So, which, so that's, this is, this is uh, across the nation that nobody will do it for you. Yep. So since then, um, there was a hospital in New Orleans that was very adamant that they weren't going to require it. And I was all the way up to the point of setting the appointment to go to New Orleans. They called me to set the appointment. And then they told me that within a week, their policy would be changing that they would put me on the list, do absolutely everything. I would be hundred percent active, but that they would not cut me open to give me a kidney until I decided to get a shot. And so I really? said, well, there's no point in me coming to uh, New Orleans. And then there was a hospital in Charlotte that still has their policy still says they don't require the shot, but until you get the shot, they won't label you active, which being inactive is the same thing as, you know, not being able to get a kidney because they won't, do the operation and they won't test any of your donors. Um, there's yeah. one hospital in Texas that is like teeter tottering. I'm waiting on them to call me back. Uh, it's in Fort Worth, but I've told them plainly on the phone, don't have me come to Texas cause I can be there tomorrow, but don't have me come to Texas yeah. and then tell me something different because I'll have every news channel in the country on your doorstep. And um, you know, I mean, I've got contacts pretty much with everybody. I've been on every, a major network, every small network, everything in the world. So, you know, I've I told them, to I'll, I'll have everybody on your doorstep if you mess with me. So let's just right. keep it 100. Yeah. So, so uh, speaking about the, the news networks, uh, how have those interviews gone for you? Like where, where have you, uh, where have you all been on? Uh, I've been on Newsmax live twice. Um, I've been on CNN. I've been on Fox news. Um, I've been on multiple, you know, local news stations all across the country. I was on the front page of the New York Post um, yes. or New York Times. I was on the front page of the Washington Post. Uh, I've been on Daily Mail, um, Infowars. I mean, I've been pretty much everywhere. And all yeah. the, you know, everybody, I did CBS News Inside Edition, but their liberal asses were too scared to put me on national TV because I was too blunt and honest about my questions and they weren't allowed to back me into a corner because I actually recorded the whole thing myself because – you know, I'm not stupid. Right. This whole thing before, yeah, but yeah. they were yeah, the only news time. station in the country who wouldn't air my stuff because you know they they realized who real quick they weren't dealing with some you know idiot. Amateur. Who didn't know what yeah. Talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No yeah. amateurs here. Well, it's wild because a lot of them too are funded by pharmaceutical companies. I mean, you watch oh, yeah. the ads; it's Pfizer, 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 uh, yeah. almost all of them. So it, it's you know. That's who that's who pays them, and of course they're gonna try to run those hit pieces. So glad to know, dude. That's that's badass of you, man, to go ahead and record that. I mean, yeah, props to you, dude. Oh, I've got props the unedited version. They've been tagged on TikTok and stuff. We're just waiting on the right time to release it because they said that there's a chance that they may release it. So I'm giving them. I was giving them basically till the end of this week to release their version because basically I was just gonna turn around and take their bullshit version that they were gonna try and change you know words around. And then put mm -hmm. the unedited version with it and then release it to all the other news outlets that I've talked to and make them look real It's just a waiting on them type of game. So, yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, InfoWars. How was that, man? Yeah. Well, they were good, man. Everybody, like I said, everybody that I've done has been, you know, mad supportive. There was, um, I did, the only guy that I cussed out really bad on his podcast, and it was funny. <laughs> He's a freaking, the dude's a, a Republican, and he's a big-time Republican, and he, De, uh, Dennis Michael Lynch, um, I was on his podcast two days ago and he's got like 2 million followers on Facebook. I mean, he's got a, his podcast and his stuff is hella huge, but he got on there and, you know, we were having a great show and then all of a sudden 
you know, he was like, man, I'm going to tell you something. You're fucking stupid. Like, why are you, you know, why are you willing to kill yourself? Like you're a real life Rocky Balboa. We need you in the fight. If you're dead, you're in a box. And I was like, Hey man, I said, look, you know, I live my life right now. And he kept on. And finally I just went off on his ass. I was like, listen, you know, you're just like these fucking keyboard warriors on my Facebook page. Like you talk all this shit when you're on the other side of a computer, but God knows if you were standing in front of me, you wouldn't say a fucking word that you're saying right now. And then, so then he, he realized that, you know, he, he picked the wrong one to have this conversation with because he started talking about us meeting in person and stuff. And so, um, like in a, in a, in a positive way, he's like, man, I'd love to have you at some of my rallies. And he realized real quick that he needed to kind of turn the way that that conversation was going. And he did, you know I mean? He, he did. That's wild, man. That's, um, so, um, you said you, you were in the military and yep. then, uh, was it afterwards you you caught diabetes? Um, yeah, man. Hell, yeah. I was. You know, I had I was, questions about that. You said you gave yourself. So, um, I, on a personal side, you know, you sound like you, you know what you're doing, like personal health wise. And, yeah. And you gave I mean, yourself. I mean, you're jacked. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> you look great. What do you mean? Like you gave yourself. No, no, I, diabetes. I, I, I wouldn't fight you, you right to, now if, if that helps. <laughs> you can go to my TikTok page and you can see what I look like when I weighed 400 pounds. But when I say I gave myself diabetes, um, I got in the car business and I just started eating McDonald's and I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. And, you know, I mean, I worked yeah. 70 hours a week and I didn't work out. I damn sure didn't look like this. Um, right. I didn't work out. I didn't do any of that stuff. So, you know, diabetes was 100% self-induced. It was type two, but I've now reversed type two diabetes um, and I don't take any medicine for it. I don't take any metformin or insulin. I've did it all with diet and exercise and stuff like that. So, um, you know, but That's yeah, I hundred percent gave myself, you know, diabetes. I caused a lot of these health issues just from being unhealthy before. And, you know, now it's cool to see that self accountability that we can like congratulate you on, man. That's awesome to hear. Honestly, yeah. that's, uh, yeah, that's a lot a, of people have that drive. That's wild. You know, I was, you know, I, I, I'm uh, I lean more conservative, uh, and you know he's kind of like the uh, more of an open mind. He's you know we gotta have a, a balance. I don't know what sure. to call myself honestly. I, I see views from all sides, and uh, it's hard to really gravitate towards any one view. Wow, dude. Wow. Um, that's your TikTok of yourself before your uh your health progression. Yeah, that was when that was about four or five right there. Jeez, man. Nice, man. Yeah. I will say I have seen worse conditions and you definitely have come a long way and it's something to congratulate you for. So appreciate um, that. Props on you, brother. Like seriously. So yeah, uh, you go through your progressions. Uh, you uh, obviously uh, fitness becomes a huge part of your life. Um, you said you were deadlifting 400 pounds still on two right correct yeah that's two. on my tiktok too nice very nice yeah. that's wild that's uh, awesome probably man. more now that was about a year ago and i mean i've gotten you'll see the like size a, i mean i'm bigger now than i was a year ago so like i said 400 on two prosthetics correct. yeah awesome yeah. very fucking awesome legendary yeah. dude yeah honestly <laughs> that's uh did you get to uh um, going back to the news, did you actually get to meet like Alex Jones while you're there at InfoWars? No, so everything I've done, I've, I've only got to do everything over Zoom. So I've done, I've only got to do everything basically sitting from right here in the same spot. Every single interview or right. podcast you see me do has come from right here from in the same spot. spot right here. That's cool. The only oh, one that was not from this spot was actually the very first one I did, the local news anchor, Dave Faraday here in town. I met him over at a park. And because he wanted to get like shots of me walking and doing stuff because I was actually getting ready to go to the gym. And yeah, uh, he pressed me at a park and like, you know, took video of me like walking and stuff like that with my prosthetics yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, that's but that's the cool. only one that I've not done from sitting right here. Honestly, yeah. man, um, if, 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 if I had that chance, I, for one, I just got back from Colorado uh, three to four weeks ago. Just got back from Dallas three days ago. Uh, if I had a chance to come out, man, bro, 
fuck that. We're going on a hike, bro. I want to see you sweat and I want to <laughs> see you pull some fucking actual work into that shit. Cause I know for one, you'd probably out hike my ass any fucking day. All you gotta so. do is tell me that I can't do something. You're going to lose miserably. Yeah, yeah. Same, man. I Same. appreciate that. Me and you, we will fucking sweat that shit out and we will hike to the top of whatever you want to go to, man. Yeah. yeah man. That's a commonality between all of us. I mean, um, Yep. You know, I, I've actually, I work as a, as a technician, um, I'm in pest control and we haven't stopped working through this whole pandemic. And you know what, it's crazy. You see these stories and you would think it's the end of the world when you're just out and about and you're doing your thing, you realize, I mean, there's two different realities for people. There's oh, yeah. what's really going on, and then there's what the what the mainstream legacy media is telling you. I actually so, say all the time in personal interactions, you know, what you meant is a totally different story from what actually happened. So, no, yeah, for sure. I believe in that a lot, and uh, what he was saying, I think it ties into the fact of you know what you do every day is crazy compared to what everyone else would say they would do in your situation. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean everybody makes excuses, you know. I mean the prosthetic thing is, you know, trust me, the shit sucks. I mean, and dialysis is the worst thing I've ever been through in my entire life. There's nothing compares to dialysis, and I mean I've had a lot of shit go wrong. I mean I've had widowmaker heart attacks. I've had you know open heart it's, surgery and and dialysis days a week. I mean that's the worst shit. It's not even close. I mean I have it five mm -hmm. hours a day, uh, Monday, yeah. Wednesdays, and Fridays, and you know it's. Uh, it's 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 bad i mean it's it's demoralizing it's crazy you say that out. actually i've had a couple of friends um go through dialysis there's them you know themselves and like their personal accounts i've spoken to them and they've let me know you know it's one of the hardest things i've ever gone through and personally to me i kind of relate that in a way to like uh i've gone through withdrawals and other other you know variations of things i've been in, in comas um it's crazy to think about dialysis is like something you have to you have to like willingly go to that every day you know oh yeah you don't have to go every, day, every time yeah. every time you willingly yeah. walk into there and that's dude props on to you for for doing that shit man that's yeah. crazy do it or die that's the way i look at it i mean yeah, honestly literally. i just by looking at you dude you look like a perfectly healthy dude i mean you look like you got it going on man and, yeah you know, well, if, you know the, the only thing that can but you know you know the only thing that's jacked up about, um, you know, the anything with my health is my kidney function right now. I mean, everything else is right. is, is impeccable. It's you know, it's it's uh, it's really it's perfect. But the, you yeah. know, but people don't realize is is your kidneys are actually the most important organ in your body. They're more important than your heart. You know, if your heart stops, you can start your heart back. You can make your heart start back. If your kidneys quit, it's over. There's no starting your kidney back. There's no doing any of that stuff. People think that dialysis is like this lifesaver. What dialysis is actually the most deteriorating thing you can go through on your body. It's more deteriorating than chemo. Um, it affects your heart really bad. It puts a lot of pressure and stress on your heart. There's a reason why the average life expectancy on dialysis is only five to six years because it's very, you know, deteriorating on your body. And, it, it, and once your kidneys shut down, your body stops being able to process all the, the like toxins and stuff and it goes into your bloodstream and goes in your heart and you die. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely wild. Um, yeah. And I, it, cause I actually go into homes on a monthly basis too with my job. It's what I do. And, you know, I, I come across um, some customers of mine who are in that state and each and every month you, you go over there and uh, a lot of them put their brave face on and act like nothing's going on, but you see the, the, the deterioration and the decay and you just are like, geez, uh, you know, you feel so bad for these people, but um, it's, 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 it's amazing how strong, yeah, it's amazing how strong the, the willpower that they have is. I mean, each and every day they're getting up doing the same things, you know, they're going about their daily lives. Yeah, they have this, you know, this health problem, but I mean, it's, it's inspiring to see, honestly, and um Oh, man, I go to the gym on dialysis days and I wear, you know, I mean, I always wear a hoodie and stuff, especially on dialysis days because, I mean, I feel like I look like death when I go in there. But dialysis days when I'm in the gym, I'm working out by myself. I got my headphones on blast. Normally, I got tears rolling down my eyes. You know, I'm getting sick in the bathroom in between sets. Like That sucks, man. I wish I was there to 
to help you out with that because it's uh God, me and there ain't no helping with that i mean you could i don't ever stop and i don't ever i finish the workout but there's no helping with the way that you know that that stuff is but it's you know the You're thing right. is 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 what my mindset is is the reason i go on those days is you know i feel like if i don't then it beats me you know if i don't if mm -hmm. i don't get up and i there go to is. the gym yeah. you know so and and i'm a little off in the head though i mean you know to survive the shit i've survived and you know be the way that i am about this stuff you got to be a little off in the rockers and i'm all right with that yeah everybody well, is uh, man. everybody's yeah. a little man. i don't trust anybody who just says they're a normal person yeah it's like yeah, yeah. they they gotta have something dude they do yeah. they gotta have something uh but yeah so you you also mentioned too you had like you had six heart attacks is what you said in the past yeah so in the past six years the first one i had was about six years ago it was a widow maker i got up and drove myself to the hospital after i had it and um then since then i've had five more the last three have all been because of my kidneys uh basically like they'll build up fluid and the fluid will build up in between dialysis sessions and just lay straight on your heart and cause your heart to stop yeah. <clears throat> so right that's been the last three that's crazy so have you had any like near-death experience because i mean it's a miracle that you're here dude i it's, well, the it's very first miracle. very first heart attack that I had, 94% of people who have one that strong die and um, immediately. And I got up and drove myself to the hospital after I had it. And, um, you yeah, know, and then being uh, septic is basically your whole entire body's infected. It's a blood infection. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, multiple people die from that quite often. And it happened to me over 50 times. And then, um, you know, and then the COVID, I mean, literally I was – I was, you know, I was bad on, on COVID was the only time really that I've ever. And then when I had the blood clots in my leg. So, you know, I mean, I've been close to death. I don't even know how many times I don't, you know, I don't have any enough fingers and used two toes to count how many times that, you know, my dad and people has been told that I wasn't going to live or make it out of the hospital. Yeah. Speaking uh, from someone who's been there themselves, uh, it is a very intense situation. So congratulations on that, man. Um, I've had a couple situations. It's second nature there. to me now, man. I ain't gonna lie. Like I've been through it. The first couple of times that I got told it, it was like, oh, this is scary. And then after it got told to me like the fifth time, I was just like, yeah, whatever. Save that right. shit for somebody that wants to hear it. Like I've beat this before. I'll beat it again. If there's two words I can sum it up to myself, who's kind of been through situations where they said, hey, you're not supposed to have been through that and made it out. This dude broke his back and was like bleeding out of his mouth and his ears in an accident a while back. If there's two words that really describe situations like that, man, is be stronger. You know, whatever is trying to take you up, be stronger. Dude, you've outlived like it, yeah. some pretty crazy stuff. I mean, that's, yeah. that's crazy. It's mind blowing. It's it's like hard it's to, insane to hear, honestly. on yeah. my end. It's it's. Told. Uh, like like I said, speaking from someone who's I've sat in the hospital myself for days, you know, with something going on personally, I can. When I had open heart surgery, I had quadruple open heart bypass surgery. Obviously, they split your entire chest open, rip your sternum open, the whole nine, and um, you're put on an intubator and all that stuff. So when you come out of surgery, they pull the tube out of your throat and they wake you up. And oh man, I. I this it. is on my TikTok video too, though. But I had wires in my stomach. I had a massive tube coming out the side of my neck. I had the catheter down into my heart. I had three tubes coming out of my chest from where I had it. And then all kinds of stuff hooked up to me. And the doctor walked in and said, Hey man, it's, this was six hours after I had surgery and I was in ICU. And he said, Hey, here in the next couple of days, we got to get you up so you can walk. And uh, he said, you got to walk before you can get out of the hospital. And I'm like, well, what are we waiting on? I'm ready to get the hell out of here. And he's like, you just had surgery six hours ago. You can't walk. And I'm like, shouldn't have said that shit i said grabbing my legs and if you go to my tiktok there's another video of that of me walking around icu six hours after i had open heart surgery wires coming out of my neck my chest my stomach everywhere and i'm holding you know i'm walking around the whole icu six hours after i come off the table from getting open heart surgery put my prosthetics on and got up and walked that's really cool to hear man i ain't gonna lie i've been uh i've been in a situation myself where it's you i shouldn't have been walking and that is Man, that is cool shit to hear, brother. So, you you said literally like how long after surgery before six you were hours. walking? Six hours. Six hours. Insane. Yeah, absolutely. Because I did. I myself have had hernia surgery, like in my groin, and I didn't want. I could hardly get up for like days. Uh, and days. I want to tell you, freaking wild, dude. It was the most wild. heinous. It was the most heinous thing 
because I sneezed when I sat up. I mean, you have open heart surgery. You're supposed to have a heart pillow that you hold in your chest. And I sneezed yeah. when I sat up. And that was the one most excruciating. So when I cut both my legs off, the doctor came in and he said, you know, um, he told me he was going to hook me up to an insulin or a morphine pump. And I said, I don't need that shit. And he was like, listen, this is going to be the most painful thing that you will ever go through in your entire life. Because I, you know, was cutting my leg off. And he said, nobody in 35 years has ever been able to do it without pain medication. And I said, well, you shouldn't have told me that. So I cut both my legs off and never took one pain pill because they told me that I couldn't do it. And um, that's documented on my Facebook page too, where I'm like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If I can interrupt one second. You were a double amputee and you never took a single while they were taking, I'm sorry if this takes emotion. <laughs> while they were taking your legs from you. My yeah, friend. never took one because he told me that I couldn't. Now, listen, I will just, tell you. Just just because he said, well, you can't, you do, can't that do it. That's fucking nuts, bro. Now, I would, I'm going to be honest. It was the stupidest fucking thing that I've ever done in my entire life because I'm that sure. was yeah. 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 Tons of regret. If I had to go yeah. over and do it again. I wouldn't because I mean it 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 was I mean it was painful. I mean trust me, it was bad. But I told the doctor after, I was, hear, after I hearing that, do you mind handing me that beer? Sure. That's that's fucking my yeah, friend. So I was like, my friend. <laughs> Tap to you, brother. Yeah. But I said you should have told me that. It is what it is. Now you're gonna tell people stories about me for the rest of your lives since it's never happened. Literally, that's crazy. Yeah, you do. They need to make I'm a gonna, documentary. I'm gonna tell about my kids you. about this. What the hell? I don't know, man. <laughs> he sawed his own legs off. What? <laughs> God damn. Just about. Like, come on now. Yeah. Intense. Hats off to you, brother. Um, Thanks. boys, if I could, uh, this this alcohol has hit me just right. If there are any questions that you want to ask him, um, I'm gonna go ahead and say now would be the time. I'm gonna use the little boys' room. If you guys don't mind. Yeah. And good. I'll be back momentarily. Kirby, hold it down. Double amputee. Cool. All right, man. I'll be right back. All right, man. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, dude. Um, how did you grow up? Was uh you you're in North Carolina, right? Yeah. So I was raised up, you know, my dad, my mom, and my dad divorced kind of early and I stayed with my dad pretty much the entire time. And my mom are real close too, but I was raised pretty much by my dad and my dad was a Marine. So I got raised mm -hmm. by that mess growing up and, uh, um, you know, jarhead status and, and, but if it wasn't for my dad raising me the way that he did and pushing me the way that he did and being who he was, I would have never survived the stuff that I survived today. I mean, between him and God, that's the two reasons why I'm still here. Right. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say is, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what your faith has been like during this whole process. Oh. And I'm sure it's 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 had its ups and downs and the struggle's been crazy. It really has it. I'll be honest. It, it, at the very beginning, um, it was a little bit, but I learned a long time ago. Like, luckily, you know, this has obviously escalated my following, but I've had a big following before this. I go speak at churches and events and stuff like that and share my story way before this happened. And um, so I've had a you know pretty good following nationwide. And um, I learned a while ago that, you know, I was blessed because God showed me what my purpose was. My purpose is obviously to help people and to share my story way beyond what's going on right now, because what's happening right now is not about me either. It's about the life and the world that, you know, people are going to have 10 years from now. And if we don't make, you know, take a stand and, and get our freedoms back, then who knows what the world's going to be like 10 years from now, but that, um, you know, my faith and stuff in this whole entire thing is, has never really wavered. Um, you know, he's, uh, when he, once he showed me kind of what my plan was and what my purpose was, and then I got to see it actually play out in fruition and see the amount of people that I've been able to help, you know, in this journey. And even now through this, the amount of people I get messaging me every day and, um, you know, that supporting me and backing me and stuff, it's really, it, you know, a lot of times it's hard, for people to understand why it's not wavered and why I'm not questioned uh, things, uh, you know, easily, but it's really not. I mean, it's, it's been uh, one of those things that, you know, it's like fear. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, he says in the Bible 365 times, do not fear. So he says it that many times, he pretty much means it. So I'm going to listen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, dude. Um, so uh, are you currently preaching and, 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 you know, going around still? Yeah. So, um, you know, I go and to different events and different, um, 
you know, things like that. Churches are just some of the places right now the, the a lot of the churches and stuff are a little bit scared of, of picking a side, um, you know, because they've got, you know, the, the churches are filled with deacons and the money payers and the bill payers. And, you know, some people yeah. may agree with me and some people don't. And a lot of people are fearful on which way that, you know, they stand as far as that stuff goes. But my story, other than this part, um, I definitely share it all the time. I go live on Facebook all the time and, you know, I, I get, you know, tons of people in there and, and share, you know, everything that happens in my journey, good or bad, uh, just right. you know, for that factor alone. So, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Uh, and that's, that's really cool. And it's encouraging. Cause you know, uh, you know, I was, you know, kind of did like conspiracy research type stuff, uh, when I was younger and I, I kind of got into it. Um, and I actually got into it, uh, looking into re, uh, researching these conspiracies and, and looking further into things. Cause I was like most people, dude, I, I thought what the news was saying was, was actually honest words being told to me. I mean, cause I, I was, I mean, I'm still young, dude. I'm only 26. Right. And um, I would say, I don't, I didn't really start thinking for myself until I was about maybe 22, 23 is when I started to really see things for the way that they are now. That's currently the age that I am, 23. Um, I, I've never, never once really thought we were be, being told the truth, not a single time, honestly, in my opinion. Um, and I questioned everything. So, for COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, like prior COVID, you know. So, oh, yeah. I was on the skeptical, skeptical side of everything before it was you know a, a a genre that you could look up on spotify i was i was yeah you can look up hashtag covid and just find all the shows on spotify yeah related you, you, to can, right. you can it's the what's happening subject on, uh, on everybody's mind yeah, yeah what's happening what we're living through right now is literally a genre that you can search that's crazy as hell and it's me. it's programming is really what it is when you look at all the media and everything that's out there right now, all the ads. Well, everything's based on division. You know, it's not, it's not got anything to do with anything but division. Everybody wants to, to play sides and pick a side and be divided. And if everybody would just shut up and worry about themselves and worry about their own family and worry about their own decisions, there could be no division. You know, yeah. like my stuff, the, everybody wants to eat. And, and even the people that support me, they want to play division to the other side. And, you know, the thing about it is I tell everybody all the time, it's political. And this has nothing to do with being anti-vax. Like, I'm pro-choice. I don't give a damn if you get it or not. If you get it, I'm going to look at you and think of you the same damn way I am. Like, but I should have that same choice that I fought for and, and that freedom. And, you know, but people try and turn your words around and, you know, it's a better story if there's separation and division. And that's in everything. Okay. Hell, yeah, it's not like a story, man. I want to I wanna ask you the real hard questions, you know, the reality-based questions. You ask me too many hard questions that I'm not <laughs> I did want to, uh, um, I, I did want to touch on, uh, like, has any like pharmaceutical company come after you, like trying to pay you to like maybe change your mind? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. the division the and, and their tactics is absolutely wild right now. That's a question and, that I um, had myself actually is like, so, you know, besides small podcasts or, you know, big shows or what have you, what further outreach has like, you know, came your way, you know, big, big, um, there's been a lot, you know, I've talked to the frontline doctors of America. Um, I've dealt with them. And then um, I'm a very, very, I, I, I don't, I've had people reach out and some people that I've read halfway through their message and I've not really responded to um, mm -hmm. that want to talk to me about certain stuff like that, because I'm a very big proponent on ivermectin. Um, I'm a very big proponent on the horse paste version of ivermectin. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll see me ingesting the horse paste. I've took every time that I've done it, I've took a video live of it, taking it. And um, may you know, I may I question you on one thing? Sure. And this will be a touchy subject for some viewers. Um, to do with ivermectin being a a horse, you know. Well, it's not a horse dewormer. No, it's not a horse it for horse. You can use it for horse exactly. deworming. But with, uh, with it being known socially and with the general view of it being seen as a viral medication, dude. but that's what not, that's not what people see it as. Correct. No, it's not. Even he said the horse as, pace. Some people do, but so with so it being I said like that, won a Nobel peace prize in 2015 for the curing yep. 
of certain yeah. diseases and stuff in humans. It yeah. has a yep. human-based form. And, and what people, this is shows you how small-minded people are. All right. of these medicines that are based for animals have a have a human form to them. Like amoxicillin, if you go to your doctor and you have an infection, they're going to yep. prescribe you amoxicillin. If yep. you go to northern states or to like uh, tractor supply or anywhere like that, and you walk yeah. in and you tell them, hey, I want some fish mocks. And you go buy fish mocks. You walk to the back. Fish mocks is nothing but amoxicillin, but in a smaller dosage because it goes towards an animal. So you have to take yeah. a little bit more of it. The, right, thing, right, right, right. The, the thing with ivermectin is, is people, it, it's hard because these dumbass doctors and pharmaceutical companies are making it harder to get in a human form. And you can order the horse paste on Amazon and have it at your door tomorrow. So it's right. easy to take that way. And people see a horse on the front of it and see the words dewormer. And they're like, oh, my God. But so, it gets in your system very quickly and it works. Hey, and you're living proof that it works. Look, yeah. it, he's alive and, I mean, and breathing, literally. Right? Oh, I've got over, I mean, I've, and, and you're, how so, many times have you taken this stuff? Like, I mean, over is it just something you just started doing recently? Or you said you got COVID twice and you took it and it actually got you better in two days? Yeah, so I, I, basically the way you take it is you take a dose today, you take a dose tomorrow, then a dose in a week. And uh, How do you take the said dose? You, you, it's based off of your weight, just like you would a horse. You twist right. a little nozzle, you stick it in the back of your throat, and you eat it. Right, okay, so ingestion. Cool. But the funny thing is, is like if you go back to my Facebook page over the last six months, I've posted about this stuff multiple times, and I've got multiple posts where literally, and I say I've helped over 150 people, I've literally helped over 150 people for the people um, were in the hospital at the time they called me. Uh, one dude, his name's Doug Butler. He was actually really close to being put on a vent. They had just talked to his family. His son walked in with the horse pace, gave it to him. Three days later, he walked out of the hospital. Um, yeah, Lee, dude, ages, you, do you have documentation of that? Absolutely. Um, awesome. that, bro, I can be quoted. Anything that I say, he quoted the shit out of me. It's all and my quoted Facebook. And Quoted my and proved, has right? every bit documented of it. The people that this actually happened to have commented on the post and are like, yeah, it's me. And then so, I've had people. With that being more than just your account, I appreciate that. And um, screenshot yeah, I'm not smoking mirrors, dude, bro. I don't, I don't play that. That's stupid. what I'm saying. Yeah. Screenshot that. Like if it's not just you, like, and it, I'm not, Facebook I'm not calling you out. Like if they're going to censor you, Get someone else to back you up, not just your account. I would say you know, that. I don't give a damn if they back. Listen, the, here's one thing you'll learn about me, real quick. If you believe me, then great. If you don't, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, I don't true. care. I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I don't have to justify myself. The shit worked for me, and it's worked for over 150 people. And if you choose to take it, then great. If you choose not to, then sit there and suffer through the shit. Like that's and there's and choice. there's that pro choice that you preach about. We see. I don't care. You, like I'm not. I don't have any as you talk it. Live it as you yeah, I don't have any reason to lie about this shit. Like I said, they're all over the thing. But I, the people that I've helped have been ages from 12 to 88. And, um, you know, I, everybody, not one person that wasn't in the hospital ended up in the hospital. Every one of them got better. Every one of them beat COVID. And the four people that were in the hospital all walked out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. So so, so you would take it. Uh, question. What is question. that? What is the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, you would take it in advance of getting COVID. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's basically. So you can take it as a preventative. Yes, absolutely. Preventative. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. That that's really cool. Yeah, I you know I have heard a lot about it, but you know other than the Joe Rogan podcast, which I I love the guy, one hundred percent has my support. Uh, same with the truckers yeah, in you Ottawa. Look like Joe Rogan if he had a hat on. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, no, dude, I. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think it's got to be pro-choice. And all pro of the, the news, uh, really, you, it's it's quite obvious. It's all about the vision. They're selling the vision. And it's like they want us to get into a fight to the point that we get physical so that they can just, you know, get more control over us. I mean, you see it, uh, like, especially with, especially with the January 6th thing. Um, you know, I know that's a touchy subject too, but I mean, you could see people opening up gates. You could see them being allowed in. I mean, it's just so many stuff. I mean, there's so many stories that you could just, you know, there's so many facts. Point checks. right back at them, and you're, you know, here are the real facts. This is what you guys reported, and it's absolutely, yeah, it's it's a mess. Oh, yeah. um, I've seen I've seen firsthand uh, our political system is like an angry ex girlfriend. If they don't want to talk about it, they don't. You know, so. January 6th, ladies and gentlemen.
<laughs> but anyways, what were you gonna say, friend? No, so that you know, I've had I've had multiple people reach out that kind of thing. But the ivermectin part, where you know these pharmaceutical companies, I, I think that um, they've it, it, they've done their research before they would come. You know, obviously, and yeah. um, I'm yeah. so hella. I mean, I've been on every TV show, radio show. There's not an amount of money in this world that they could come and give me to switch my tone because they're killing people. It's and funny you I'm, say that, man. If I if, if I had to actually quote my own thoughts and my own questions that I was going to ask you, um, one of them says, um, "What would it take to change your mind?" Born free. Die I'm free. willing to die. So no amount of money is going to stop that. I mean, if I'm telling you that I'm, sure. I've already told them a thousand times. If I was laying on my deathbed and they rolled a kidney in and said, "Hey, cuz, here's your kidney. Your life's going to keep going. All you got to do is take this shot." I'm throwing the deuces up and telling them I'll see you on the other side. So yeah, to me, know. it's that kind of restriction. Uh, over, I would rather die. I would rather have liberty, liberty or death. Honestly, I mean, it, yeah. it's it, that's 100% where I stand. And anybody else who has that likewise opinion of being pro-choice, I'm, we're probably not going to have any arguments, and, and we're probably going to get along just fine. But when I see this division, I'm like, I'm trying to show them, like, hey, dude, here's this red versus blue game that's going on these Republicans and these Democrats, it's one big party, dude. It's a uniparty. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't see you take it a little bit farther than me. Like at this point, I don't, I don't try and sway anybody. Like if you can literally watch the news and you can see the bullshit going on in this world and you can continue to defend the other part of that shit, I'm not going to try and sway you. Like, do what you do. Like, what you got bigger damn issues than me trying to turn your head on what the hell's going on. If you already, if you sure. still believe this dumbass shit that's going on. I mean, mm-hmm. our president just spent thirty million dollars on crack pops. Like, do we need to say anything else? I don't give a shit about it. If you defend this fool and you defend on what's happening after this dude just spent thirty million dollars on crack pops, literally crack pops. And won't talk about ivermectin or zinc or quinine or any of that other shit to cure COVID. And he just spent $30 million on crack pops. And that's what you want to talk about defend? By all means, do you. I'm going to keep yeah. doing me. You do you. I don't need to talk to you no more about it. I'm yeah. good. Can so, I, can I, I ask a question in uh, retrospect? And this is in macroeconomics. All right. So if everyone had your same mindset in the next 10 years, where are we going to be as a country in your opinion? Well, that don't, there's Free. no point. In, not, no, 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 no. in your opinion, Free. not, not what's happening right now. In your opinion, if everyone said, fuck it, man, you're on your own. If, if everybody stood up and did that, we would be the, we would be back to what we were in like 1776 when the damn declaration of independence was signed. Like we'd be free as shit. But the thing is, is you're right. You're right. People but, as hell, and people are, People would rather live them li- live their lives being told what to do far more than they would standing up and pressing the envelope and being the outcast. And what used to, what's bad is is before being me and what I'm doing now used to be the norm. Like the the people who didn't support and were the the outcast that was the, the that wasn't the norm. That was like what the hell are you doing? Now I'm the outcast because. I'm doing what we've done our entire lives and what we, you know, while we live in this country, like that's what makes this country great is those freedoms. But you know, we're soft as shit. And with the people that we have running the country, it's going to take a long time for that softness. You know I mean? It started back when, and you know, again, I'm not making this political, but I'm talking about the country. It started back when Obama was president and these other countries were chopping people's heads off. They were chopping Americans' heads off on TV. And the damn dumbass presidents on TV going, hey, yeah, we're going to come to a diplomatic resolution. Huh? They just set the motherfucker on fire. Like, my, what are we talking My question about? to you is, did it start at Obama or was it beforehand? Oh, dude, it started. It's Was it beforehand? I mean, this, thing, this thing's been on a downward trend and then Trump, like, leveled it out a little bit. And then mm-hmm. it shot, obviously, back down. But, you know, the, here's the thing. Bush, a lot of people talk shit about Bush. Bush did a lot of stuff that was wrong. But the one thing with Bush was you wasn't messing with us. Like nobody, no, everybody feared the hell out of us. If you came in and played games with us when Bush was the president, he was going to bomb your ass. Like that was the end of it. 
It wasn't some mm-hmm. softy, oh, we're going to try and talk about it after he came in. So, you know, there were different levels, mm-hmm. but we had never been – we're not feared, and that's never been the case for the United States. And, and it, Question, it, right? you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at now. Question. Yeah. And, um, Curb, I want your input on this. As a free-thinking, you know, podcast – I agree with your statements, hundred percent. If anyone says or does us wrong, it's all hell coming your way. Well, yeah, you, know? you, you strike now, us if there's a legitimate exactly. enemy uh, for an adversary, and they come Foreign down on or us. Or domestic. And, yeah. Let's keep that straight. Attack us or one of our allies. I'm for. Okay, I, so I'm for my, going to war for that. But we've also like I. Here's my thing. I totally am for our troops. All right, they they make their sacrifices. Um, I'm pro freedom. I, I thank God for their sacrifices, man. It's how we get to do this podcast right now. You guys backed up our freedom of speech. And I mean, you really that set one. a lot aside that for the greater good. And uh, it's really the thought about serving others. I mean, because I mean, you give up these things, you, you, you spend all this time in the military, and you're not home where everybody else is living just normal everyday lives, you know? So I, I appreciate the hell out of our vets. I mean, they have my back 100%, but there's also, uh, you mentioned Bush, you know, and I, I, I'm kind of, I'm anti-war if we're going to be lied into wars, if you know what I mean. That's, that's where I was trying to head with all of this. So as, like I said, someone who backs you up 100% in your beliefs, you know, America is something to not be messed with at all. That hundred percent believe that. That's I, why we gotta have pro-choice. That's and I don't think have. that we were. I will tell you this, like especially Operation Enduring Freedom when nine eleven happened. You know, I don't think we were backed into that war at all. I, and and a lot of people didn't agree with that war, and a lot of people didn't agree with how it was handled. But it's a completely different right, situation yeah. when you're there yeah. and you see it, and then you know you you understand the way that. You know, I, I think that we didn't, it wasn't hit hard enough. Now, the, the way that it lingered, and a lot of that had to do with presidents after Bush, you know, that was a lot of Obama and a lot of, you know, that stuff that the eight years of that mess that wasn't pulled out and wasn't handled the way that it was supposed to. And then, then you know, when Biden gets in there, he's just like, fuck it, pull everybody out and leave billions of dollars worth of military equipment, you know, sitting over and, and for the damn people that have, just bombed us. They use equipment, but but people. Actually. Oh yeah, no, I mean everything, and so you know, I don't disagree with the way of the, that war. I, I don't like, you know, I think that the longevity of it took way too long. That the the strategic part of it, but it had to do with difference in leadership, you know, during that time as well. So, yeah, and yeah. to circle it back around, see, we have differing views, but we can talk like normal people. Oh, sure. Yeah. So there's people where I try to just have the same conversation, you know. And it's like I'm talking to that brick wall that's behind you right now. You know what I mean? Uh, can I? Can so I'm I glad touch, to see eye to eye, man. Um, can I touch base on this on one subject? I want to say. Shoot. Um, so like I was saying, I'm 100%. If you fuck with me, I will fuck you up. That is my standpoint as a man myself. Mm-hmm. I believe in the alpha mentality. There's alphas. There's betas. There's there's every class you can think of. Don't fuck with me. I will fuck with you. <laughs> right we all know that concept super well next concept i want to touch base on is like you said america is great and you don't mess with us because we will fuck you up is that okay not just as a nation but as as people is it okay to to say hey man if you mess with me like i'll hurt you well yeah that's self-defense justifiable absolutely and that's what I want to touch base on because a lot of people Bro, don't understand I that concept. pray that one of my trolls, I, I get trolled every day. Hundreds of people wishing my death on me, wish I've got death threats daily. I, let me tell you something. And you I get told, you're, you're a double amputee, you're this. Listen to me. I yeah. pray that one of these fools are stupid enough or fucked up on something enough to come test me in person one day. Because Wait. everybody that's with me and everybody—that's that's the point I want to make, man. Hey, listen. If any, if any of them ever come up to you, oh no, not yet. But it's don't new. Don't attack them. You know, you want to hug them, right? You want to hug no, them. No, no, and say, you are so wrong. I'm going to tell you what's happened. So this has already been told to everybody that's with me. 
I've already told anybody, if anybody walks up, I'm going to hand you my phone. I'm already on Facebook Live. I promise you what I've learned and what I did in the military and the other things <laughs> I know, like, this isn't going to end. This is going to end very quickly. And just turn it, face it forward, and that's all I got, you got to do because I'm already going to be on live, and I'm going to make this happen really, really quick, and that's going to be the end of it. I pray that one of these fools are stupid enough to come test me just to prove a point because it'll happen one time, and that'll be it. Then I'll be viral for that, too, because – Do you, you – know, you, you Call do me you, on over if you ever need me to rest, might, dude. But do you I got you. physical altercation? Yeah. Like you're going to well, hand them your phone? You're going to hand them your phone and say, touch me, I dare you. I, no, no, no. I'm not even – they're not going to have to touch me. If anybody yeah. comes to me, I'm going to – listen, I can afford an assault charge. I'll be good. Oh, <laughs> man. I got I a great it. lawyer. I'm not worried about it. Like, you're right. Just, you're right. But, hey, man, to quote something that's actually uh, buried into the uh, seventh layer of my skin, man, listen, that which angers you controls you. So, you know. There's a big don't. difference. You you can play all that stuff you want to, but if you threaten somebody's life, then I don't. All that bullshit goes out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. fuck no, shit, dude. If anyone ever walked up on you on some physical, you know, in, encounter, like a, a threatening, yeah, hey, whatever, da 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 da, dude, they're not gonna get that much out of their mouth. So you I mean, make that motherfucker suck their own. You know what? You know. Yeah, they're not gonna get that much out of their mouth. It won't matter. That's what I'm saying. But you know, on on and on. I, I do this and I say this side for people that I know personally would have other side objections to what you're saying and how you believe. If my friend was to ever walk up on you and say, Hey, like, you know, I feel this certain way. Um, you know, can we sit down and have a conversation about this? You Absolutely. Damn. Yeah. That, 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 that's all it is, right? There's a that's different the fucking side piece that we're missing as a society. If you uh, have a there's a difference opinion, in coming up and walk up and say and, that and, and say having a conversation, conversation and a difference in opinion. There's a hundred percent a difference in that. And I have had, trust me when I tell you, I've had people that I have gotten into major arguments, disagreements with like about COVID and stuff that have literally messaged me about this and was like, listen, help me understand what you're doing. Like came at me in a different perspective. Like I don't want to not support you and I don't, but I don't. And I need which, to understand. Yeah, which is very cool. Is like that is, and that is. I have 100% a... taken my time aside and had that conversation with them full blown. And so if a complete stranger walked up to me and was like, Hey bro, I need you to understand something. I don't agree, but I, I would like to have a conversation with you because you know, maybe you can help me somehow see it from your perspective. And the thing is, I'm not ever again, even in this situation, I'm not going to try and sway somebody to think like me because that goes against my take care of yourself, worry about you. But if you want to have a conversation as to my thoughts, then absolutely we can have it. Right. And that's that's all I want to applaud yourself on. Like like you, your your mannerism is, hey, don't mess with me. I won't mess with you. But if you approach me, you know, well, I'll sit got, down with you. The dude, that's yeah, that's I mean, what I wanted to call the light. You know, we're not all just ready to fuck someone up if they don't agree with us type of shit, right? No, I, don't sit down. Like, I, I don't care if you agree with me. It doesn't, I mean, it's. That's what I'm saying. We're ready to sit down. Opinions are like assholes. As we all have we're one. ready to sit, you know, yeah, sit up and, and argue about it. We're ready to yeah, talk no, about no. as much as we're ready My to. My grandpa would say that back in the day, too. I love yeah. that quote. <laughs> Yeah. no nonsense stuff but yeah man uh really i mean sounds like you had a heck of an upbringing uh it made you the man you are today and um so what are your plans moving forward in the in the spot in the situation that you're in right now you know um you know i mean obviously every day um i'm dealing with i've got a bunch of good friends that deal with like international trading overseas with the u.s and other countries so um i'm actually and we're talking to colombia right now uh costa rica um, Zimbabwe is one of them as well, um, mm-hmm. as far as transplant possibilities. Um, and then obviously the hospital in Texas, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously moving forward. I do every podcast and every interview that I get requested to, because in the end, people are like, what do you do them all for? And I'm like, well, people think that it's got something to do with being in the public eye and publicity. I don't give a shit about that. That's the last thing. My reason for doing it is, is because you never know who's going to be listening or watching one individual. It takes one person. 
You know, it takes just one trying person to get your voice heard, man. Uh, that's all to, you know, to put it out there. And and that's it's not even really that either, to be honest with you. Hell, it's been heard. It's on every freaking newspaper and, and news channel there is in the country. It's more about who listens to each, you know, individual one. If there's a possibility of being that one person that can that can help push this change along for the future, then you know, that's the reason why I do them is because yeah. you never who's going to be a part of something or, you know, who's listening to it. They can forward it to that person that can be a part yeah. of it. A bunch That's of cool. very rich, powerful people around the the world and in politics found out just how much their people is willing to put up with. That's what I think. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, that non-compliance, I mean, if you don't agree with what's going on, why not be vocal about it? Why not stand up? Why not have that same mentality because, I mean, if you look at it, don't look at it just your perspective. Look at it down the road where, you, where your kid's going to be, where your grandkid's going to be. You're going to let them, you know, you're going to let them live in a totalitarian state. I mean, granted, we can't control everything, but by golly, we might as well stand up and fight for our rights right now while we have them. Because, I mean, you could clearly see just the chipping away of those or trying to chip away at them. Uh, mandates, you got to wear a mask, even if it was just a cloth mask and it didn't work. I mean, then it was like, yeah. oh, you know, there's so much, you know, conflicting, uh, conflicting guidelines that they would come out and say, I mean, it would yeah. differ each month it's, and they would say like, well, the science is changing it. And then people still, you see them, you know, complying and, and going along with it. And then the next thing, you know, you know, you joked about it at first, dude, it was a joke. Uh, just, you know, you got one shot, right? And then it became two. And I was like, okay, I guarantee you they're going to have a third one. And then we joked about the fourth one. And now there's a fourth one. Shoot, there's five. And now they're saying that we'll be living with COVID for the rest of our lives. And pretty much everybody's going to get it. So at this point, I mean, stop with the mental gymnastics if you have any bit of common sense which if is anybody didn't see this bullshit coming to where it levels out like this but then you know here's the funny thing biden's ratings are lower than they've ever been mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden they're saying that covid cases are are starting to to slow down like in terms what yep. like you didn't yep. see that coming like when trump's ratings were high then there'd be another school shooting or there'd be another mass shooting you know to try yep. and make or then then they realized none of that shit worked so they had to make covid in their freaking Wuhan lab to, you know, to cause this stuff to happen as it is, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, people, that's why I said, I don't argue with people. I mean, hell, if you can't see the writing on the wall and, you know, by you Stevie Wonder's nephew. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I, it was like December. <laughs> I think it was, good. I think it was February about two years ago. You know, I did a deep dive um, and, you know, saw like the connections to Bill Gates and, you know, this was very new and, and people were losing their minds. Yeah. Now look at, look at his position of power where he is today and how he's helped promote these vaccines all across the world. I mean, it's, right. you, it's, you, it's scary how real some of it is. Diabetes and heart disease kill more people than anything in this world. Number one and number two killers in the world and cancer is number three. And these things have been around for, I mean, forever. And you want me to believe that the deadliest virus in the history of the world, we come out with a cure for in nine months, or we can't come out with a cure for diabetes, cancer, or heart disease. And a billionaire lives in Los Angeles, California with AIDS for the last 30 years. Yeah. And the thing is, is I think there are, there I think there are there are cures for stuff that like a cancer and stuff we yeah, don't even know about. Cure for cancer. But why would they... The fourth give it to leading, the public. The Why fourth, would they give something beneficial to the public yeah, when they the, can just keep making money off of you as a patient? Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, that's what up. remdesivir has to do with. I mean, ivermectin's ten dollars a tube. Remdesivir is four thousand dollars a bag. I meant to ask you. Okay, so yeah, you it's said like you insulin's think, way overpriced. Yeah, uh, everything's crazy pricey now. But uh, you were saying uh, you believe that uh, in the hospitals they're killing these patients with remdesivir and, of course, put them on it, ventilators. What? Okay. I don't really know too much about remdesivir, but go to the FDA's website when you got a free minute yeah. and type in remdesivir in the search bar. FDA is obviously the drug federal drug administration. How do you, you look that? up any drug in the world? If you go look up remdesivir, remdesivir, remdesivir tells you on it that it has a five day window. How do you and spell what it tells that? You Just... is after five days, it causes full blown organ failure. Just ask Siri. But, so uh, it, I mean, I mean, it causes full blown organ failure. 
If you look at anybody that goes in the hospital nationwide for the first five to six days, everything's kind of optimistic. Up, mm-hmm. down, you never know what's going to happen. Then by about a weekend, it turns into they have to go on a ventilator. When you ask these people and you see what they start saying in their post, oh, well, their organs have started to shut down. COVID doesn't shut your organs down. But if you read about remdesivir, it causes full organ failure, which means every Mm -hmm. freaking organ. If it doesn't work in five days, it causes your body to completely shut down. It's on the FDA's website. It 100% says it. Well, there's incentives for each step, too. you got to look at it this way. Oh, no. Uh, Remdesivir is an incentive. They get paid to put you on remdesivir. There's a full step. 53% of people that get put on remdesivir die. So get this. They get incentives for testing you for COVID. They get an incentive if you're positive for COVID. They get an incentive. You don't even have to be positive, by the way. If they write down you have COVID, you do not have to have a positive test for them to get paid. If they say that you've got a fever and your test comes back negative, then they can say, oh, you have COVID symptoms. It's a false negative. You have COVID. And they still get paid. There's a lot of fuckery with that too. But I'm just saying, yeah. And and then there's, of course, the, oh, he's... uh, we should put them on a ventilator, you know, for a few days. They get paid, I think it's like 30 plus K for that too. And $32,000. Uh, $32,000. That's weird. Yeah. And, and medical malpractice, he's pulling this up. I mean, it literally does kill 251,000 people annually, medical so, malpractice. And now they're incentivized to do that further and spike up these numbers. It's, it's absolutely insane. And probably dude, if I had to guess, you know, I think it was 2020 is when they said that the flu had basically disappeared as well. It was like down to 2%. I think that was like, it was, little, it was wild earlier than 2020, man. They said it was like basically non-existent. I think it was 2020 if I'm not mistaken, but then you see that these PCR tests that they have out, they're having to stop using some of them because it can't differentiate. Well, it can't tell the difference between the, you know, coronaviruses the COVID-19 virus or the flu. So all of this stuff is propped up by numbers, right? They say now that 900,000 plus deaths uh, and they were all attributed to COVID, but everything falls like a house of cards when you mentioned that the tests, some of the tests that help prop up all of these numbers, I mean, they don't match up. It can't tell the difference between the, the flu and, and COVID. Like how many of those tests went out and, t- and were used to prop up those numbers. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. In a court of law, in a court of law, this would be process. fraud. This would be fraud. It's just like the voting process. How much inflation and fake inflation at that is really happening right now? Well, no? There's a lot of inflation going on. That's for sure. So you got you to run? No? I'm just okay. uh, wondering... How long, like, how far along are we in the recording process? <laughs> We're a good long while. I, I want to say it's gone over an hour now. Over an hour. Yeah. But, yeah. hey, man, uh, is there uh, anywhere that people can and reach out to you? And and uh, what would your last few uh, encouraging words to everybody on this podcast be? Uh, it, it, what do you hope for in the future uh, as a nation? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people talk about the future. I don't live in the future. I live in the moment. Um, you know, I don't plan ahead for anything. I plan these, uh, you know, speakings and stuff like that ahead. But as far as how I live my life and what I live for is in the moment. I don't teach people to live Quarter five years at the time. Five yeah. years Quarter from now is not promised. What I teach people to do is, is be better today than you were yesterday. Be better in the moment than you were before. Because if you do that, then five, whatever your goal to achieve is in five years, you're going to achieve it way before five years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, concentrate on, on living in the now and living in the moment and standing up for what you believe in and, uh, you know, realizing that they're taking our liberties from our freedom. And it ain't about us. It's about our kids. It's about our grandkids. It's about, you know, the people of the generations that are coming up um, next. So you but, say, you know, don't be afraid. So you say you're, not, you're not a man of the future, but you know they're going after our future. How do you prepare for that? You do. Mm, it's not. Gonna, they're coming. They're not going after a future. They've already taken it. We're in the now. Mm-hmm. The hell, fuck the future. They're taking it right now. They've already took our liberties. But like you said, our kids, man, 
they're going after our kids. How do we? Our kids them? right now are lo- their future's already gone. If the things don't change, than what we're in right now, their future's already gone. They've already so taken. We have to get it so, back, and that's what we're doing right now. Okay. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. That like that was my that was my question to you is what is your answer? So your answer. Oh uh, yeah, I mean the thing is they've already now. taken it. You know we're getting it back. This is this is prepping for that, but it's about getting it back right now because they've already taken it. So if we leave it as it is right now, they've still lost their liberties, their right to choose. By that time, what other kind of shit are they going to make them put in their body and force them to do? And you know, and how many people in my position are going to die between now and then because somebody didn't decide to stand up now? Yeah. Yeah. As a man of faith, um, like you said, yeah, hit the brakes now, you, or you might never stop. Yeah. As a man of faith, how would you encourage uh, other people to keep the faith? Because uh, I mean, I, I mean, we've had tough times now. Tough times are ahead. Uh, how do you stay in the moment and just be confident that things? Are Here's the thing: like the 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 things are going to get worse before they get better. That's just how life works. That's just how these things work. You have to prepare yourself, you know, for those things. But it, it basically with me, it, I'm one of those types of people that, you know, I've had a bunch of people tell me, listen, you should go into the ministry. You should be a preacher. I'm one of those people that don't believe in the narrative of that, that I think that more Christians in the church push more people away from God than bring them in because of this unrealistic narrative. Oh, you got to wear a suit and tie to church every Sunday. You have to, you know, live and be this. I pray to God multiple times a day. I talk to God multiple times a day, but I have a, a, an understanding that, you know, I don't directly pray like, Hey God, give me a kidney. You know, I pray to God, like, listen, whatever your will be done and just give me the strength to keep pushing through. And everybody, here's the thing with me. This is what uh, is big is I don't it ain't like I'm like Bugs Bunny in Space Jam and, you know, put secret sauce on a cup of water. And I drink fucking it love and that movie. That, that's crazy. You know, that it's something different that everything that's inside of me is inside of everybody else in this world. You just have to find it. You know, you yeah. have to find it and you have to you have to get it out. And then that's kind of what what helps. But, you know, having faith is believing in something that you can't see. And if you do that, then it shouldn't be hard to believe in what the narrative is that you believe in and, and how much, you know, you want to push forward and fight because you just got to look around at, at the world and just say, hey, listen, you want to continue to be a better place. You got to keep fighting for those things because it takes an army. You know, it starts with maybe one person stepping up and doing it, but it takes more than one person. You've got to have an army to, you know, to be able to do that. So, you know, like I said, my biggest thing is a lot of people are scared. The reason that people that they falter is because fear. And my biggest thing is, is, you know, it says uh, that, you know, don't fear 365 times. So I don't, you know? Yeah. I completely agree with you, man. I remember brother. Um, But anybody can follow me on my Facebook page. Um, You know, you found me on there. My name's Chad Carswell, C-H-A-D-C-A-R-S-W-E-L-L. And I was on the way when you replied to me, man. I was like, okay, I knew I see you on the news and I I hit you up. I was like, I I don't know. I'll just hit them up and see what happens, I guess. Yeah. And then, dude, we're right. a new, like, we're kind of unorganized. I mean, as you can see, we're, <laughs> I, Listen, I just got a mic and this set up. Like, I'm still f- trying to figure out how to use it. So I just got to say, man, it's it's truly been an honor having you on here and uh, you're an inspiration. Dude. Yeah, man. So I appreciate you, that. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, maybe in the future here, here soon, uh, uh, we maybe get you on for part two. And I was just talking about some more deeper stuff. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's been a good time, dude. Yeah, man, that, I'll be glad to. Yeah, with that being said, dude, um, I got my girlfriend waiting on me. We're, I think we're going to call a night. We're a little over an hour now. So, uh, but yeah, man, great having you, dude. And everybody, hey, yeah, appreciate cool, everybody. Man money for listening to it i i just want to thank my listeners and the people who took the time to make it to this point yeah man Much a, lot appreciate. Of, uh, a lot of personal accounts to take into today and uh, i appreciate meeting you brother so you too man yes, appreciate y'all right, man have yes, a good sir. night dude have a good night